Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I think that as a young person who was obsessed with dance and movement, uh, it was such a, a light to me. Um, I think the, po- the, the movie is really about dreams mm-hmm. and the possibility of making art, um, especially mm-hmm. in a place that maybe is not uh, fostering the arts, right? It's mm-hmm. in working class neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Um, and you know, our, our lead star is, is, uh, a welder as well as an exotic dancer. And, um, and her dream is to become a professional dancer. And I think that, uh, as a kid, um, seeing this movie, I just thought, oh, this is, this is about dreaming and it's about possibilities. Welcome back to Open Form. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. Alex has dreams of being a professional ballet dancer, but she has no formal training. To make ends meet while she pursues her dream, she works as a welder during the day, and at night she holds on to her artistic side as a cabaret dancer at a local bar. As she watches her friend's dreams slip away from them, Alex seems to be headed in a similar direction until a new romance with a well-connected man, who also happens to be her boss, presents her with an opportunity to prove herself. But in order to do so, she'll have to push her pride aside before delivering the performance of a lifetime. This week's film is Flashdance, and it was chosen by recently appointed U.S. Poet Laureate Ada Limon, author of six books of poetry, including The Carrying, winner of the National Book Critics Circle Award, and Bright Dead Things, finalist for the National Book Award. Yeah, I think I watch it probably once a year. Yeah. And um, it's always every single time I just I get so much out of it. It also has, I mean, let's mention the most killer soundtrack, you know. Yes, indeed. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) I think for me, like the soundtrack almost precedes it as a film. I I, like am so familiar. I hadn't actually seen the film until you chose it. uh, What? Okay. And it's one of those ones where it's like the soundtrack is so ever present for me so ubiquitous that it's and like like you know also the the sort of penultimate scene there of her Mm -hmm. tryout it's been replayed parodied all of these times so it just feels like i know flash dance in the way but but in watching it it's it strikes me exactly like what you're saying it was like oh this is a story of like working class striving right like it's 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 like here in this steel town and like it's it's all of this stuff where it's like we're and i i to think about uh alex jennifer beale's character 
being a welder and then being a dancer and so much being inhabited in her body, like so much work that she does with her body and like the desire to be a ballet dancer and all of this. It's like the the stress, but also the like liberation that could could be possible in the body. Yeah, I think that's so true. And it's not just I mean, there's some scenes there where she's, you know, she goes from welding and then she goes to to do her, her night job as a dancer and she bikes there yeah. <laughs> and, then she bikes, yeah. and then she bikes all these hills in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. And I keep thinking, I mean, this woman is got to be the most fit woman in the, <laughs> on the planet, you know, because she's going from like this incredible and then she goes home after welding, of course, and then she does her like her dance workout before mm -hmm. she goes to her dance job. Um, but I think it's said that it has so much of that, like you were saying, the embodiment, like what, how she's using her body, but also that there's joy in it. Like there's like, yes, there's the work, but like when she's just dancing alone in her sort of, mm. you know, industrial apartment with her pit bull by her side, it is sheer joy. And I remember thinking like, oh, that is what making art should feel like, mm. like what she is doing that's what making art should feel like because there's no one watching yeah. there's no she's not doing it for anyone else but her and um there's so many scenes in this movie that are about that that are really about like what is it that inspires her and fuels her and um in a world where you know i mean it's contrasted against really the the world of of men and uh and she just becomes the sort of beacon yeah and I like to think about it in terms of like, you know, not to turn into a Marxist here so much, but just thinking about that working class life that she's living, that everyone populated in this, most everyone populated in this movie is living. Mm -hmm. um, and that, but they all find that joy in the creation of and the enjoyment of art and like thinking about the primacy of art in our lives, right? Yeah. Like the idea that it is not, it's not a luxury. It is not like poetry is not a luxury, right? Like the whole yeah. thing, it's not, it's not something that simply is to, to be consumed by those with the most access to leisure time and capital it is truly life-making. Like art is necessary for the making of one's like life and, and, and enjoyment and, and, you know, to, to feel the, the freedom of what it is to be, be human. Yeah. I mean, there's that line that Nick says to Alex, like, don't you get it? When you give up on your dream, you die, mm -hmm. you know? And that's like, oh, right. Like there's like everyone in there, as have like, everyone in this film is like, oh no, you can't give up. I mean, even Jeannie, who's, you know, the ice skating friend, mm -hmm. you know, there's this level in which, you know, she falls and she's like, she's still competing, but she's falling. And like this idea of like, yes, but you still have to hold on to this joy of doing this. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean you have to be an expert. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but you have to keep making art and dreaming about art. Um, because I think otherwise, you know, you sort of see what happens to her, which her journey gets a little dark. Um, and then of course she's rescued by her friend, Alex. But I think that there's like, there's a level in which we watch the danger of also what happens when your dream exhausts you, um, mm -hmm. and maybe gives up on you a little bit and you give up on it. Yeah. And I think it, it, it can't be separated out what you were saying about like them existing in this world of men. Right. And it's like, they're they're still 
some level of being like how do i want to say they're beholden to the men for their existence in a lot of ways mm-hmm. right like they're for their mm-hmm. just like sur- basic survival and that men are yep. like consuming their bodies as, mm-hmm. even as you know uh, alex is a welder it's like the, the the you know the the physical labor of that it's like nick makes all the money mm-hmm. right <laughs> he makes a lot of money it seems off of her labor there uh the club owner makes the various club owners make money off of the bodies of these women who Mm -hmm. are caught between that like this brings me this can bring me joy this can be a source of pleasure for me but it's also my means of survival within a world which men devalue me yeah i think that's such a good point because i mean you know, even if you sort of say the say the story out loud uh, without watching the whole film, you can kind of it, it can sound um, a little banal, right? Um, you've got this like, oh, it's you know, there's a stripper, and you know, she wants to become a dancer, and all of these things. But I think uh, in reality, it, it it really does work against um, the ideas of capitalism and what it is to be a commodity, mm-hmm. and what it is to re claim your body Mm -hmm. um and i think that on that same level um one of the things that i love about this film is that there's a lot of um pro positive sexuality in the movie even Mm -hmm. though there are a lot of scenes about the commodification and about the body being sort of consumed by the male gaze um but there is also this level in which like Alex owns her own sexuality in her confession. She talks about how much she loves sex and thinks mm-hmm. about sex. And that's not, you know, she's, she's, yes, she's sort of ashamed of it, but she's talking about it and this idea of disappearing and, you know, desire and, and the fact that those things are in the forefront, I find really positive in some ways, because I think so often uh, it's very easy to think of anyone in any situation as a victim um, and I think there's a lot of sort of subtleties in this movie that kind of switch that up and and question that a little bit, especially when it comes to sexuality and desire and um, what it is to be present in your own embodied self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you bring up her going to the confession because like immediately for me, it made me think of like the praise that Scorsese gets in his films for like the tension that he draws between like religion and the sense of faith and like devotion and the machismo that comes along with violence and sex and all of that. And it's like, I never see this like play out with women characters, right? Like that tension between faith and like sexuality or just the body and like what, what those desires are, are, are formed and then that feeling like some type of betrayal of something that you think of as higher, like and it's just, and it's, you know, it's, it's sort of brief in this film, but like there's still that existing within her. She's a young woman who's just like sort yeah, of just coming into her own. Mm-hmm. And she does have this like religious fealty, it seems, but like also wants to enjoy herself. Yeah. And what is that? What is that? mix of pleasure and desire and passion Mm. and I think those like for her her art form is is mixed with desire it is the the art form of the body Mm. you know as poets we know that for sure we know what it is to have our 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 passion mixed with our pleasure and our grief and our pain and 
all of those things, right? It's not a pure art form. And so I love that moment in the confession where she says, where her confession is just, I want, I want so much. And it's like, it's just this, this, it's like the simplest confession. Like I want, I want so much. And I know that I shouldn't, right? Like it's it's like this, this implication of, I should be satisfied with what I have, but I am, you know, I dream. I want so much. Um, and I've always, I always love that scene because it just is very simple. It's very subtle, but she's like, yeah, I, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, she's almost worried that she's going to be consumed by her own desire, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have more than what her life has offered her thus far. I, in looking up this film to, to talk to you, uh, it struck me, and this is not like a, a singular phenomenon, but just how how much the critics panned this film totally. versus how much money it made at the box office. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious, like in thinking about that, I mean, there are many things that seem like you could attribute that to that we sort of know in that like, you know, the early 80s, we're not talking about like a lot of women film critics being afforded the opportunity to do this. And this is being mm-hmm. very like, female-centric story um but what do you think accounts for that like that because it feels like there's a huge gap there in like the 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 critics viewing this and then the viewing public just going wild for this wild for it yeah (laughs) I mean I think that it's it's interesting to me because I think there's a couple things happening one I think that it is a story about female friendship I mean, I think that it, she's also someone who is incredibly independent. Um, she, you know, she lives by herself with her big, enormous dog. And she, you know, she is, she lives life on her own terms. And I think that that sometimes that storyline makes people uncomfortable. Um, I think there's also a level in which the movie is really and truly about dance (laughs) like it's no you know there's just no two ways about it the movie is about dance and so I think that there's a level in which critics if you're not a dancer if you're not an artist if you're not you're going to watch this movie and be like oh okay yeah it's like oh it's Saturday Night Fever or it's this or that it's they're comparing it to other dance films Mm -hmm. um so I think that its integrity as a film is that it's really from start to finish about the power of dance um there's that wonderful scene um, on the streets of Pittsburgh, which was one of my favorite, film, mm. you know, uh, parts of the whole film is that they're sort of walking around, and they're sort of just the dances everywhere. You know, they run into like the break dancers yeah. on the street, and they run into the 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 traffic cop who <laughs> his movements are kind of like dance, and she mimics them, and mm. it's just everywhere she goes, there's the movement and there's body, and and it feels to me like there's a it's a real it's an ode to to dance and how it it's in all of these places. It's not in necessarily the higher learning institution that she wants to go to in order to study in a professional uh, way. It's on the streets. Um, and so I think that in some ways there is a, there's a joyfulness to that, um, that through line of dance from start mm-hmm. to finish in the film. And I think that there's no way that an audience can't kind of go along with it because regardless of what you think of, you know, some of the the love story or the friendship story or whatever it is that, you know, you sort of take away from it overall, the, the movie is about, is about art. It's making art, it's dance. And so I think that was something that um, for me was one of the reasons that I just, it did so well. I mean, also let's face it, it's Jennifer Beals, like just becoming an icon. 
yeah. like just becoming a yeah. pure icon. <laughs> I mean, I still see that sweater look, right? Like yeah. it's forever. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently that was her, that was her decision. You know, she yeah. was she says that she just had a sweatshirt that had was in the dryer too long so she like cut the yeah cut the neck out of it so it would like fit over her like big hair and um you know became that iconic iconic 80s look that you know hopefully we'll bring back <laughs> i also think of it in terms of and tell me if you think i'm off base here but it it, it feels like a youthful movement in a, a movie in a time of like youth culture shifting in a way that like maybe people weren't understanding and I say that because stylistically it's it seems to be reflective of like the nascent like MTV uh video music era right like mm. that, like music videos are are coming coming to the fore and that like this sort of like mimics some of those rhythms and I think like maybe critics just the film critics just weren't really prepared for it, didn't know how to take it in in a way that like young people going to the movie was just like, yeah, this is just like what I see on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. Cause I think there was a little bit of a disconnect with the sort of older male audience critics that were kind of like, well, where's the sort of, um, the sort of meat of the film. And I think in reality, it was sort of opening up as a genre. I mean, it's just really one of those like iconic dance classic films. And it's also a film that's dealing with that idea of, you know, I talk about this a lot in just my own work about how oftentimes when we're struggling or we're going through chaos or we're going through, um, you know, any anyone's suffering, like we feel like art is the first to go like oh, okay we don't need art we need food we don't need art we need um you know shelter we don't need art you know all of these things and i feel like um this is a film that's making an argument for um yes of course you need to pay rent and you need you need a, you need shelter and you need food but you but you need art and people need art to survive mm -hmm. and i think it's making like a really like a pure argument for that yeah. um that in order to be whole and to um and to feel seen and to live to your full human potential um you need to be able to pursue whatever artistic drive that you have in in a real embodied way and i think uh i don't know i think that this movie is making an argument for that at a time when maybe um that felt uh, a little strange or a little, you know, like it wasn't sort of the, it wasn't that kind of let's make an argument for doing the right thing or, or mm -hmm. doing the, like the, you know, the Top Gun film or the, mm -hmm. you know, doing this sort of like following the rules and, and, you know, all these things instead, it's actually like, oh, and also, you know, she doesn't necessarily go on to become a famous dancer. We don't know what 